Welcome to the Evolving Accountant Podcast. We all know that some accountants can be boring, but definitely not this one. Why talk trial balances and P&L when we can get ripped jeans into the boardroom and hear business insights from people who have really walked the talk? Get ready. Here comes an all-new episode with your host, Darren Wingfield. Welcome to episode one of the new Evolving Accountant podcast. So, what's different to the old podcast that we previously ran back in 2017 to 18? Well, first things first, the bad news. We have a new host. Unfortunately, you're going to be stuck with me going forward. So, sorry about that one. Positive news, though, is... I have some great guests lined up over the coming months from sales, marketing, software gurus, SEO consultants, even down to a couple of MDs of uh, local sports brands that you will recognise. So, really look forward to getting and digging into them, how they run the team, stuff like that. So, I promise it, I promise it's worth sticking around and listening. To and we, I'm sure we'll get some great business insights from these. So let's kick on with episode one. We've got uh, Richard from NESP, uh, Northeast Sheets and Panels. So let, let's get on with the show. Morning all. So today's guest is Richard Williams, the MD of NESP, what is Northeast Sheets and Panels. So Richard, welcome to the show. Um, let's kick things off. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Right, well, I'm Richard Williams. I'm MD of No Free Sheets and Panels, 55 years of age. That's about it, really. What more do you want to know? <laughs> so, <laughs> tell me why you get out of bed in the morning. What? Why do I get out of bed in the morning? I get out of bed in the morning because 18 months ago we bought No Free Sheets and Panels, and it's a passion of mine. I love every day of the week. And I just get out of bed. We employ 34 people. I want to make that 34 people's life happy, safe. So. Awesome. So we won't mention 55 like, too many times. But So tell me what your career or your journey has been up to. We'll obviously leave the last 18 months and we'll dig a bit deeper into that. So let's say from your career up to the age of about 50, 53. Right. So I, start, I started in sales basically when I left school in 1980 <laughs> they had the things called the career centres then so I went to the career centre um, before I left school I always used to help my dad my dad was a, a van salesman so I used to go around with my dad so I thought I'm going to get into that so um, I started with a company just in the stores when I was 16 when I was 18 they gave me a van put me on the road to start selling um, I was there till, I think it was about 1993, uh, the company uh, relocated so I got made redundant. 1993 I took a regional sales manager's role running a company called Dunlop Highflex, five uh, units, 35 staff based in the south east of England. So it was making a loss. I turned it into a profit of £250,000 in the first year. 
I was there till, I was only there two years, because in that time I met my wife, she was from Leicester, I was living in the South East, so I moved to Leicester. And then I took a, company, a job for a company called DBI Plastics. That was a Danish company, um, it was to set up the subsidiary for them in the UK. So we set up a subsidiary in Corby, just myself, in a port cabin with a desk. Um, I was there till 2008, and in 2008 we was turning just under 4 million, uh, employing nine staff. But uh, the recession hit in the automotive industry, and it was a Danish-owned company. They had to shut the UK, Spain, and Poland down. So he had to keep his business. I still, it's a family company. I still speak to the MD today. So, you know, there was no hard feelings there. And then 2008, um, I was sitting indoors because what happened with DBI was they paid me off. They paid me off, so I was okay for a few months. And there was an advert for Northy Sheets and Panels. It was on the local job site, and it really was come and work for us. Salary to be arranged, hours to be arranged, everything to be arranged. And the rest is history, really. So I've been here since, I've been here actually since 2009. Cool. So, very swiftly moving on, on from that, you joined Northeast Shifting Panels and about 10 years ago. So, from, let's talk about that big change in your life, the management buyout. What well, it happened 18 months ago, it completed, but let's talk about the 18 months prior to that. So, very very much so, where where did the opportunity come from? What what made you go down this route? And what was sort of that point to say, I'm going to do that? What it was, it, I knew no three sheets and panels was up for sale. It'd been up for sale for about a year. And it hadn't really had anybody, had a bit of interest, but no concrete interest. So I just said to my wife, um, we're going to go and try and buy North East Sheets and Panels. I was passionate about the company. I could see the potential the company had. The owner, the owner who sold it to us, he'd come to the end of his time. You know, he wasn't, he'd come to the end of his time. You know, he, he wasn't interested in doing any, anything with the company, yeah. just selling it really. For the 18 months before as well, we bought it, you could tell. So I just said to the wife, we're going to go and buy the company. She was, we're not going to be able to afford to buy the company. I said, but we won't know unless we try. Um, we went to one of the banks with my business plan and a forecast for the three years. Um, that bank put us in touch with your company, Harlands, and said, you need to speak to Glyn Davidson. If anybody can get this deal over the line, it will be Glyn. And so we, I came to see Glyn. Um, it's the biggest roller coaster ever in my life. It actually took over our life, you know. And there was times, there was times really that Glyn kept us on course to buy the company, because you could only have so many knockbacks, and we was getting knocked back from absolutely every bank, building society, <laughs> even the small banks and building societies. And you know, we thought we was there with the deal. I think we thought we was there with the deal five times before it actually happened. But in the last 12th hour, it was just pulled from us. So, and we just played on. Glyn had wrote the best business plan, the best forecast that anybody had seen. But with buying the company, the old owner, he had a lot of, 
his family working for the company. So that was all going out, but it's hard to convince a bank all these costs are going to go. Because you can tell them that banks are only interested in EBITDA and yeah. what's, what's actually happened before, not what's going to happen in the future. Yeah. So if anybody asked me to do it, would you do an MBO again? I'd have to say no. It is the hardest thing. But if you're passionate enough and you can believe in it, Harlan's will get you the deal. And the reward's massive. And the, re the reward is massive at the end. Yes, you know, Glenn said it would change our lives, mine and my wife's life, and it does change your life. Yes, it's hard because you have 34 staff now when it was just me going out selling for any, for any SP, I had to just rely on myself to do my job, yeah. do my job well, and that's fine. But now it's all, it's all about trying to make a business that's it's got a feel-good factor to it. I don't just, you know, it's not, it's not about me trying to make loads and loads of money and forget everybody else. NESP, the people are there now, have been there a long, I've been there 10 years. I'm one of the youngest serving people there now. Wow. You know, you know, the, the, half of the driver's been there 19 years. The sales director's been there 20 years. The staff have been there 14, 15 years in the office. So it's a nice company to work for. But we just need to bring, needed to bring it into the 21st century. And that's what we did. You know, as I say, the, the banks didn't want to know. 18 months on, the banks want to know now. Yeah. Yeah, they want, you know, they can see we have a good business. They could see what we said was going to happen. happen. Yeah. And now they can, you know, we, we have got a good business. It's hard. It's not easy. Don't let anybody tell you running a business is easy. Because yeah. <laughs> it's not. You know, we've got 34 people that have got, we're all different on this earth. <laughs> Definitely. And everyone's got their own everyone's character. Got, everyone's got their own character, their own opinion. But, you know, and we've made a lot of changes. But the people have bought into the changes. And that was it really. As I say, we can, yeah, the banks didn't want to take the deal. We haven't got the best deal, but we've got a good business. And that was the main aim. I wanted to buy this business I was passionate about buying this business and really no one was going to stop me buying it somehow. Yeah. And we've done it. We now have no free sheets and panels. Awesome. So we've obviously gone into a few things there with the banks, the getting screwed at the 11th hours on more than one occasion. So you mentioned that you've made a few changes within the last 18 months. Yes. Is there any of them that have been light bulb moments or were they always part of your business plan? Uh, one, one of the light bulb moments was we went to Italy last year to look at a machine and we was just talking to the Italians and there was another company there from Paul in Dorset and they were saying, because we changed the, the working hours, we finished at lunchtime on a Friday, but we was finding Friday was just like a dead day. They was coming in, having their break at half nine, starting again at ten, they're just working, looking at the clock. So we thought, why don't we work four days a week? Four 10-hour days, intense four 10-hour days, and it's really, really worked well. Production's up, capacity, everything. Everything's working really well. And it was, it's better for the staff as well because they get three days off. It's a good work-life balance. If, yeah. You know, if, if you've got young kids, you can, you can go, and you've got what Fridays, Fridays, Saturdays, Sundays now. It's a, it's, a, it's a summer, Thursday night, you finish at six o'clock, it's a lovely sunny day. You can go off for the weekend. You can so yeah. 
that was really the big. It was the biggest challenge because I thought the staff would accept it. It was probably as big a challenge to get to to accept it as it was to put, do the deal. Right. What sort of hurdles was in your way? Was it just uh, was there? People don't like... people don't like change. The, the hurdles in me, what it was, we have to either give them 90 days or make them agree that that's what they want to do, because obviously we bought the company, you have to take everything yeah. in, this is your contract. The hurdles were, I want to play golf during the week. We'll get stuck in traffic. Bear in mind, everybody lives between concert and Stanley. Four, uh, four miles. <laughs> no, one, no one really had an excuse that was even viable. So we said we'd give you two weeks to think about it, and when they came back, there was only one person who didn't vote to change. Right. So it went through on the jury. We did that start of January. We're now sitting here, it's August. Everybody loves it now, even the one who didn't like it, because they just don't like change. The company really hadn't changed in 20 years. You know, it's the yeah. same. This is what we do on Monday, and this is what we do on Tuesday, and this is what we do on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. Yeah. So now, We've had to bring changes in. The company wouldn't have been able to survive if we hadn't brought the changes in as well. Not just that one, you know, we, we, bought, we bought the company. The fleet of vehicles had one million miles on them, each. Each, okay. Each. <laughs> I was about to say combined, but... No, no, <laughs> each. So, and they was, so we had to outsource the transport. And we've, that was another, it was a good decision now. It's like anything, it takes time to yeah. prove it was a good decision. But yes, we have changed. We've rebranded the company now, we've changed the company. We've we've gone from top to bottom yeah. in 18 months. So what was sort of the factor on that, the outsourcing of the vehicles and the deliveries? Was it looking at the costs of replacing this fleet? How many was actually in the fleet at the yeah. time? Um, we, had, we, had, we had seven vehicles in the fleet. We, didn't need, we now run with four vehicles. We're more efficient. The deliveries are now all on time. The transport manager left. Right. Our vehicles are doing an average of three and a half deliveries a day. We're now doing eight. Right. Minimum. Poses some questions there. Yes, <laughs> yes it poses. That's why I'm saying it's good to take on the company. Yeah. You could see from afar, you didn't have to do, it wasn't, I'm not a scientist. It's it wasn't rocket science. Yeah. I've not done anything that's really, you know. There's. I'm not an inventor or anything. It was just if we do this, this will work. Yeah. As I say, now we run with a fleet of four, and it's running brilliantly. So that was one of the. That's what I'm saying. When we looked, we knew what we needed to cut, what we needed to do. Yeah. The place hadn't been decorated in eleven years. The carpets were just oil. Right. So we, we just need it, and we've got the feel-good factor in the place now. You know, people want to come. Where before it was like, imagine just sitting in a room with your, your carpets, were supposed to be blue, they're black, with just crap, you go like that, it was, the place was just a mess. Yeah. But I knew that it just takes a lot of TLC. Yeah. And people now want to come to work, want to come in the office, you know? Yeah. So. We've just we've just done things that really needed doing. Yeah, I get that. I was gonna say be the accountant in my little brain there doing the math straight away. So we're talking you're doing 17, uh, 17 deliveries on average a day with five with seven, seven vehicles, and now you're doing 30, 
32 with four, it's yes. sort of like, hold on. Yeah. And that's a minimum. I mean, the one, they're out, the one who's out today is doing 16 deliveries. Yeah. And we, we, but we've also changed the way we had to, we had to look at the product. The product mix as well has to be right. You know, we were selling four sheets of board, which are 2.8 meters by 2.1 meters. They can only go on 18 ton trucks. So we just decided to stop selling. There's, there's not no there's no money in it. There's no margin in it either. So where we we had at one point when I first started with Northfield sheets and panels, we had eight 18 ton trucks. We've only got two. Yeah. We've got two 18 ton trucks and two vans, and it works much better. Awesome. So looking back during MBO and your business plan. How different is today's business plan versus what you were going to the bank with, what we're talking nearly three years ago now? The business plan is the same. When we, when we bought the company, we're not wanting to buy the company. We knew what products we did, we wanted to shift, move out of, and we knew what we wanted to do. We want, we want North East Sheets and Panels to be the number one cabinet maker in the UK. We, we do bathroom cabinets when we took it over. We just manufactured bathroom cabinets. Right. But we now have... We've got a lot of big suppliers on like Q4, Roper Roads, they buy our cabinets from us. And we want to go into kitchen cabinets, we want to go into bedroom cabinets. It's, it's more profitable, it's easier to manage, it's easier to deliver. So, we've, North East Sheets and Panels used to be a bit scattergun. We'd try and sell anything and everything. And anything that someone will yeah, buy. Yeah, you know, if you want that bag, we'll buy it. But now, we're, we're more focused on what we want to sell. Okay. Awesome. So, if we, when we talk about these lines that we the company currently has, so when when we're saying back three years ago, I was saying they probably had ten lines of everything, and now it's focused. But then the company where you're wanting to take the company in the next two, three, four years will be increase their number of lines again but in a different sector or a different... Yes. We, well, the lines will be the same. We're just going to... Where we predominantly sell, like, uh, units into the bathroom industry, we're going to put them into the kitchen and the bedroom industry. Right. So we're only going to have five lines of products. We probably had 20, like, 20 different products before. We'll only have five, but we'll major on them five. Okay. Makes sense. Get that. So... If we're talking about what's round the corner, we've mentioned and the new lines. What's what's next for Richard? What's next for Richard? Yeah. Well, a lot of people have said to me, you have to remember, I'm only eighteen months in. What's next for Richard is another three and a half years of hard work. You know, I love coming to work every day. There's no, there's no problem. Six till six doesn't bother me. It's going to take me more than 18 months to get the company right. So for me now, it's just more of the same. For the next three and a half years, probably. And then what's in it for Richard, we'll see. It's like anything. We've done the business plan. Probably in three years' time, it'll be where I've not mapped out what does it look like then, yeah. and we've got to there. I'll probably never, I'll probably be here till the day I die. You know, I love... I can't say I can be one of these people who's going to retire and go and sit on the golf course or... And is the missus going to agree with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't want to see me seven days a week. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody's missus come and listen to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Richard, go, did go you check, check everything's yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, she's okay with it. So. 
Awesome. So, if you, someone said now, what's your two worst things or your two best things, what you know now, what would you have not done back then? Other than on that Sunday afternoon when you're drunk saying, I'm going to buy that company. What would I, what would I not do? Not do. There's nothing I wouldn't have done. No regrets. I've got absolutely no regrets. And that's the way it should be. I was, I was absolutely, 100% I was going to buy this company. As I say, and I'll say it again, all I've got to do is thank Glyn Davidson for getting me this company. I've got no regrets. Awesome. What's the point? There's no point having regrets. Cool. Just to finish... I just want to thank you for your time. It's no been awesome talking to you. I think message there for everyone listening is if you are thinking of a management buyout, don't let anybody tell you it's going to be an easy journey. No. It's not going to be go to one bank or one lender. They will happily tell you to your face one, what you want to hear. Yeah. And then it's they are always looking yeah. for that big thing yeah. and the big ticket at the end of it an MBO is just about ticking the boxes for the banks if you can tick every box then one bank may say yes but they also change every, every day the different rules yeah. <laughs> and they all live with a different set of rules you can't say I didn't get it off that bank but you might be able to get it off another bank yeah. but don't give up don't give up if you believe that's what's right then do it awesome thanks for your time Richard no problem Thanks for listening to this week's podcast, guys. We had some great stuff from Richard there and the emotions linked towards a management buyout. But using Richard's philosophy, if you want it bad enough, never give up. We'll be back again next Wednesday with another episode of The Evolving Accountant. Just on that one, I had a message from a future guest on LinkedIn the other day just clarifying that we won't actually be talking account stuff. I promise that this podcast's We'll be keeping the microphone away from any of the accountants in the office and we will continue to get insightful guests and take away their niche topics and business insights that we want to learn. And I promise we won't be talking profit and loss or trial balances with an accountant anytime soon. If you have any suggestions for future guests, get in touch with myself with, over email, drop me a message at host at theevolvingaccountant.co.uk and let me know what you thought of this show and the episodes, let's say what you would like to hear in the future. Also, don't forget to visit theevolvingaccountant.co.uk for all of the show notes linked to this episode. Thanks once again, guys. See you soon. Thanks for listening to The Evolving Accountant. You can find out more and get show notes for this and all our other episodes at theevolvingaccountant.co.uk.